I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and Nancy has nominated Keith Benning for an Animal Game Changer Award. And Keith is joining us today to tell us more about the amazing rescue that he founded. So Keith, thank you for joining us and congratulations on your nomination. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. So will you back up and for people that don't know about the amazing work that you're doing, there's always a backstory to how and why people end up rescuing. And most of the time they don't know that they're going to end up doing what they do, but they, but you end up finding your passion. And then of course the rest is history. So back us up and let us know how your rescue came about. Um, it was an accidental rescue for sure. My ex-wife and I had moved to North Dakota. We live a couple miles from the Canadian border and it's a reservation county and there's never been an animal rescue of any kind. Uh, no animal services, the only thing was a, a dog catcher that would pick up dogs and euthanize them. So when we got here, there was just strays everywhere. Um, you know, mange packs running down the side of the road, dead dogs over. And I was just kind of like, wow, I wonder what's going on with animal control. And then um, I had called once and I asked, I'm like, you know, what's the number to the animal shelter? I called the police department because I Googled and I couldn't find it. And the girl that answered said, the what? And I said, the animal shelter, animal rescue, you know, what do you guys do? You know, animals that are in need. And they said, you know, the, you can call the dog catcher, but he'll put them down. And, oh. um, and then I asked, what's the nearest animal shelter? And they said two hours away. So it was like, wow. So I did what um, I think a lot of people do is they pretended that the problem didn't exist. And then it got to the point to where uh, there was two dogs and they both had mange really bad and it was cold and they were eating garbage and somebody was throwing rocks to try and get them away from garbage. And I started working as a deputy sheriff and uh, I picked them up and brought them home. Didn't know what mange was, um, brought them in the bed and uh, had the substance. <laughs> Found out. <laughs> yeah. And what happened was word slowly spread that, hey, that cop will rescue dogs. So we had a little tiny one bedroom house um, that it had a full basement. And over the next month or two, it turned into the kitchen was divided off with a piece of plywood. And the dining room had another piece to divide it. And there was the one bathroom became a dog kennel and the living room became a dog kennel in the backyard and the basement. And it was just, it was nuts. Um, <clears throat> and one of the dispatchers at work had told me, he's like, you know, dude, just give it up because everybody does this and they, they do it for like six months and they burn out because it's an impossible problem. So um, just quit now. And so I bet him a 12 pack that I would build an animal shelter. And um, so that's the goal that we're working towards now is getting a shelter built. And uh, yeah, it just, it slowly grew. And then we went broke um, from vet bills and we started a nonprofit in which Turtle Mountain Animal Rescue, that was how it started and uh, found a bigger place to rent. So now the rescue is a 40 by 60 building um, that my wife and I live in. And um, Two thirds of its rescue, one third of it is house, and that's kind of where we're at. And we're, we're hoping um, we've got a grant for a youth program. There's a lot of uh, kids in the area that you know don't have a lot of things to do. We're the second poorest county in the state. We've got the highest jobless rate in the state. Um, it's really kind of spread out, geographically isolated. There's a lot of transportation issues. There's no public transportation of any kind. Um, 
other than the social services thing, um, vets, you're looking at an hour away. So people aren't used to accessible vet care. So what we've been able to do is to um, kind of basically introduce people to something completely new and have learned as we've gone on how to do this. Cause I had no idea. Wow. Yeah. So it's just been kind of picking things up and, and trying to figure things out. But the cool thing is now with, you know, kids understanding that there is an option, you know, that there's some place yes. animals can go to for help um, because of the lack of vet care. I do on the reservation, a lot of um, sort of vet work to where it's um, a lot of trauma, wound care. Um, we deal with mange a lot. And, and basically it's, it's people that can't afford a vet. Yeah. So I'm sort of the next best thing. So I do whatever I can um, to try and help. And uh, when the shelter's built, we're still like $1.3 million short because of all the COVID construction costs, everything. Um, but the goal is to teach first aid and CPR to have the youth program. We also want to do um, an aftercare program for treatment. There's a, a large substance abuse problem. Um, so we want to help the animals and help the community at the same time. Yeah. Um, the goal is to make a long lasting change. We've been able finally last year to get, uh, four low cost spay and neuter clinics, um, to come up here each year that we wow. fund. And then, um, we do four or five vaccination clinics, uh, free dog tags, dog chipping, so we're really trying to engage the community and, and get them to understand, you know, that there's, there's a different way. And, and really without all of them, this wouldn't be possible because yeah. we're so short staffed that, uh, you know, going out to look for dogs isn't a possibility. So every animal that comes in, and I think last year through the rescue, we took in somewhere around a thousand, um, and then wow. other wow. shelters and, every single one of those was somebody in the community reaching out for help. So it, it's, um, it, it couldn't happen without them and they've embraced it. And, uh, you know, we hope to be able to grow together to, to deal with the problem that has been here for forever. And, um, you know, it's, it's a 3000 square mile area that we cover. So it's, it's a, it's a lot of ground. You, you are a flipping superhero. You're you and your wife, you are superheroes. You are doing what people would otherwise say is impossible, Keith, but you are doing it. So it is a possibility. And not only are you saving and rehabilitating the animals in your county and surrounding area, you are saving and re rehabilitating human souls at the same time. It's such an unbelievably awesome project that you have founded. When did you start, Keith? When did, when in your first house, with first wife, when did you convert that house? And how many years ago? 2015, I think was when we started. And we basically, it started as a little GoFundMe and then it transitioned into, Hey, we need to do the nonprofit. Um, so yeah, we did it there. And then I kind of lucked into the place that we're renting now. Um, and then, and then switched things over. So it, it's, it's gained steam over the last couple of years, but you know, that, that's the one thing with animal rescue is there's so much to learn. Oh yeah. You know, with, and I think that the challenges that we're going through a growth spurt challenge now to where, you know, we've got a ton of volunteers and we've got a ton of dogs and foster, but it, it's not impossible to do. Um, but when you don't know what you're doing to start with yes. that learning yes. curve 
um, on everything from mange to parvo to fostering to adoptions to disease control. Um, you know, it's it's a huge thing. And, I, and I, I guess that anybody that would be thinking about doing the same thing, my biggest piece of advice would be to start with understand disease control processes and capacity for care, because that's something that, you know, we learned the hard way as far as having too many and, you know, proper disease control of, of you know, how to isolate animals because parvo is so bad up here, yeah. Uh, training yep. procedures, you know, and, and so we have a, a pretty rigid structured thing, but I think the key to all of it is, you know, admitting that you can always learn more and learning from your mistakes. Yeah. And one thing that, that, you know, we've really tried to do is that, okay, Hey, this process isn't working. So let's try something different because I mean, the rescue is a converted building, you know, the rescue yep. is not trying to be an animal shelter. But we've come up with a lot of really um, creative, inventive things to to make the space work, and uh, you can do a lot with duct tape and zip ties. Trust me. Yeah, and and you can do a lot with a human spirit and soul that is unrelenting to figure out a better path forward. That is exactly what you are doing, and. Once you have gone through fire in that way, once you recognize, okay, that we, we have been through parvo crisis, you, you, you sharing that for other people, building rescues from the ground up is invaluable. So you're doing amazing things in your community. Are you still a full-time law enforcement officer? No, actually, um, right now I'm a part-time deputy. I only work, um, you know, a, a couple times a year. Um, also, uh, municipal for all of the cities out here. So, um, that's only one day a week. I just had to find a way to cover the bills. So yeah, yeah Still, I was just, cause I, don't work I, and then the, once a week I put the cape on and I become the judge. So, and the rest of your time, you are saving dogs and kids. I can't think of a more valiant and necessary and important job than those multiple full-time jobs that you are juggling. So God bless you for all of that. I have to wonder when you get up in the morning, first of all, you're spinning a, a ton of different plates. You're a medical mm -hmm. director, you're, 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 you know, you're, you're everything. You're kind of a, a two-person show with a bunch of volunteers. Thank goodness. The other cool thing is for you to probably see the people that rise up in your community that you didn't know were there, that you, you know, you are meeting solid people that will be with your organization forever that probably have just recognized. I mean, you're, you're building a team of people you didn't even know existed. That has to be cool too. the people around you, your volunteers. Yeah. It's, um, it, it, it things it, it's, it's tough with volunteers. Um, it's, it's really a, a different way of life up here. And one of the biggest limitations is location because where we're at, you know, even though there's someone that might live, five miles south it can take them 25 minutes to get here just because yeah. in the hills and it's and we're, we're so isolated um and the biggest hurdle that we have for people is is transportation you know it's trying mm -hmm. to find um employees that that have you know transportation or you know or, or, or fuel to get up here sometimes to get started and that's why we're getting a when the other building is built we're getting a mobility bus to where we can actually go and you get a lot of the remote housings to where yeah. um, somebody doesn't have a car. They don't have a car. They don't have a job. And it's hard to get a job without a car to get to a job. And it's hard to get yeah. a car without a job to pay for one. So it's like this, this horrible cycle that, um, you know, a lot of people are stuck into. And 
So it's, it's, it's hard for people to volunteer. You know, we have a lot of ones that, that reach out and do great things. And, and that's why we're hoping that, you know, if we can raise the money to get the shelter built, that it, uh, it'll be able to give more people opportunities, you know, to be able to come up and help because we do a lot of, uh, of emergency first aid for animals, um, to where, you know, like I talked about before, where somebody can't get into a vet and, and I've had it to where somebody literally had to go and walk around in the area they're at to try and, and get change and get money from somebody to get gas to put into somebody else's vehicle to bring their animal up here because Gosh. I wasn't, I was, you know, we've had days to where it's like literally eight hours and that's, it's not what the goal is, but it, it, it being able to fill in that role is um, a lot, but it's just, it's really tough with that transportation piece. And that's Gosh. why, you know, we're really looking forward to being able to a, a way that we can get people in and to being in a lot more accessible um, yeah. of a than where we're at now. Cause we're, we're middle of nowhere right now, but it's the only place that we could find to use. So yeah, in winter time, sometimes people just can't get up, you know, and there's sometimes to where, you know, we've had it three days to where we can't even get out. Um, so it's, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's a challenging environment with, you know, the weather and the winds. And when you're looking at 40 mile an hour winds and 30 below temperatures and, and it's, it's, it's become evident why it, it nobody started a shelter up here, started yep. a rescue. Yeah. Yes. Um, on the scale that we're working on, but you know, the, the, the moral of the story with anything with animals that I found is that the only way you can fail is if you quit. So if you don't quit, you yeah. can't fail. I was just going to say to you, on top of all of the hats that you're wearing, you are legit, you are figuring out logistics in, in, in a not friendly environment. And you are a master problem solver that is not going to give up. And out of that, you're finding unbelievable success. It is truly inspiring what you are doing. Keith, if you, if you could tell the world one thing, First of all, you have a lot of wisdom. You could tell the world a lot of things, but generally speaking, what would you share? In regards to um, animal welfare, what I would share is just simply do something and don't wait for somebody else because you are that somebody. Um, animals don't have a voice. So we domesticated them many, many, many years ago. And when we did that, we took on a responsibility to them, um, to care for them and to provide for them and to help them when they're in need. So when you see, you know, a situation that, Hey, something's wrong, stop, you know, yeah. don't, don't tell yourself, ah, somebody else will take care of it. Or I'm sure somebody else will stop. Be that person that stops, be that person that says, you know what, I'm going to do something today. That's how everything gets fixed. You know, it, yeah. it, it one person like me or my wife, Wanda, or one of the volunteers of the many wonderful volunteers that we have, you know, we can all help. But if, if, if more people would just say, you know what, today's the day that I'm going to do something. And whether that's yeah. helping an animal on the street, whether that's volunteering for a rescue, whether it's fostering, whether it's making a donation, whether it's following a Facebook page and sharing a post to raise awareness or to, to gain followers, you know, just that little action of not being like, ah, maybe next time, you know, that's the one thing. If, if we all pitch in a little bit and if we all just do one little bit, um, that adds up huge. It's, it is, it's 
huge. And it's also, I think the only way that in, in certain situations, including your own, there wasn't anyone else around you to help. And there was a massive need. And, and I, I regularly say if we, if veterinarians, if all of us just care for the animals in front of us, we don't have to save all the animals we can't, but just care for the animals in front of us. When you started doing that, Keith, what you realized is there's this massive need and you are only one person. And yet you wake up every day and find a way to do everything you can. And you are building awareness and a platform, but also shifting minds, healing animals, helping animals, helping kids, shifting mindsets. You are, you are helping your entire communities in ways that I'm not sure you will ever know. And it's, it's amazing to watch what Nancy said when she submitted your, your name and told us uh, about what you were doing. She said, you will not find a better human humans than these people. And she's absolutely right. And it's just wonderful that you are committed to helping the lives, animals and humans in your remote, rugged, unforgiving environment, because out of that, you will, you're going to change your entire community. Keith, if people wanted to donate, support, learn more, how would they get in touch with you? Um, www.turtlemountainanimalrescue.org or um, Turtle Mountain Animal Rescue on Facebook. Facebook's actually our, our main platform that we use for most everything. Um, but there's, a, there's donation links on there. There's information on there. There's information on the, the website of um, you know, what, we're, what we're trying to do and what our, our goals are and what we're trying to accomplish. Um, we are a 501c3 nonprofit. And uh, yeah, you know, the, the, the goal is to try and, and, and create a model of something that is recreatable um, and, and sustainable because it's rescue in, in rural areas is tough um, when you don't yeah. have a lot of resources and you don't have funding from a state, county, um, or any or any sort of government. So, you know, we rely on our followers um, and our Facebook followers are, are great. You know, we wouldn't be able to keep going if it wasn't for them, um, which is, you know, why we do live videos every night at nine. Uh, we started doing that during the Rona lockdown to kind of help people give, get something else to focus on that was was positive um, and didn't have anything to do with, with world events. So we yeah. kept doing that ever since. And uh, it's it's been really cool because there's been a lot of people that we were able to help through um, some hard times and they've helped us through those hard yeah. times too on our end. Um, you know, there's been, been many a, a sad days because, you know, we talk about the good ones and we talk about the bad ones and um, that support back and forth of what we try to give to them and what they try to give to us has been uh, a really, really, really cool thing for everybody that's been involved. So um, it's an accidental rescue that it's, it's turned into something special, I think. It has turned into something magnificent, Keith. I'm excited not just to track all that you're doing, but to see where you will be in five and 10 years. You're shifting your community. You're probably going to shift the state. You're probably going to shift the region. And you're providing a role of, 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 of ro your role modeling for everyone in your community, but also for other environments similar, similar to your situation on how you can actually create a massive amount of change and help and health and evolution 
through one man deciding he's just going to do it. So very inspiring, very impactful. And really, that's exactly why I started Game Changers is to be introduced to people just like you that have committed in their heart. You are going to change a current situation and you are. So thank you for everything that you, your wife, your team is doing. And we're so thankful that Nancy told us about the work that you're doing. Well, thank you, Doc. Appreciate it very much. And thank you, Nancy. And um, thanks to all of our supporters and our volunteers, because I'm just one guy. And without them, there's no way to be able to do this.